You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. February was a month of love, right? Valentine's Day that we don't uh, celebrate, but everyone does. We all want chocolates and everything, right? Do you know that my grandchildren are 10 years old, eight years old, and people in their school even ask them to be a Valentine. I said, what in the world is a 10-year-old asking someone to be a Valentine? So Candace and Natalie said, don't worry, mommy, it means that we've got to buy them chocolates uh, when we take them, when we go to school. So I said, good enough. As long as it just ends there, chocolates at school, that's good. But February was a month of love. And how many of you, if you watch a movie, you want to have a happy ending? I don't like to watch a movie if it's going to have a sad ending. And so sometimes I even Google the end because I don't want to see it. <laughs> I know, I, I Google the end. I don't want to see it if it's going to be sad. Life is hard enough. I don't need to be watching hard. I can, I'd rather, you know, devil is hard. He's under our feet, but I want to see a happy ending. But tonight I'm going to tell you a, a, an amazing story with so many lessons in, in it on how to have a happy relationship and a wonderful love story. And so I'm going to uh, share with you uh, one of our personal stories about our family. So one Christmas Eve, many, many, many years ago, uh, it must be like 13, 14 years ago, um, Natalie, our eldest daughter, it was Christmas Eve. So the timeline is very important, Christmas Eve. She phoned Apostle Theo and myself, and she was married at the time, and she said, Mom, I'm coming home because my husband at that time, he is um, kicking me out the house and he's filing for divorce. So she came over to our house to discuss everything. Now, you can imagine the emotional turmoil she's going through. She's uh, feeling emotional about it. She's, she's going through hurt. She's going con- through confusion. It's a very difficult um, time for her as a, as a woman. But after much discussion, we sat down, we spoke to her, and she's very much like my husband. She decided that the best thing that she could do for her life was uh, seek God and go into His presence and see what God has for her, to seek His perfect will for her life. So obviously that Christmas, because this was Christmas Eve, that Christmas was not the best Christmas that we had, but we rallied around her as a family, because that's what families do. We rallied around, made it as happy as we could. And then the day after Christmas, she said to me, Mommy, I'm going to go on a 21-day Daniel fast. And I'm going to go into my, my old bedroom and I'm going to stay there. And I'm just going to go on my face before God and I'm going to pray between two to four hours a day in the Holy Ghost so that God can sort out this marriage so God can help me. She said, Mom, will you fast with me? The 21-day Daniel fast. So I said, yes, Natalie, I will fast 21-day Daniel your fast with you. So that's exactly what we did. We started to to fast, but she went into the presence of God and she prayed in tongues. And this is so important. She prayed in tongues for two to four hours a day. She said that even though she was in chaos, even though she was in turmoil, even though she felt a hurricane was coming over her and she was going through the most difficult storm in her life, but in it all, she said she felt that she was in the cocoon of God's peace. 
She was covered with the love of God and in the peace of God. So after the the first 21 days, she said to me, Mommy, will you please do, I feel God's leading me to do another 21 days. Now, how many of you here this morning said, sometimes I do a little fib, remember? So she said, will you do another 21 days? So I crossed my fingers And I said, yes, Natalie, I will do 21 days, but I confess to you so you don't hear in heaven, I never did the 21 days. I just said yes to her to help her get going, but I wasn't going to do it at all. But nevertheless, she didn't know. She thought I was doing it, but I have confessed my sins before my brothers and sisters so that... You know that I'm that I'm, I'm I'm covered with the blood now, and I've confessed my sins, so all is well, right? So nevertheless, she thought, and that's the most important thing, that she thought I was fasting with her. So then, uh, uh, during the 21 days of uh, while she was fasting again, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, I said to her, Natalie, it's my turn to come to South Africa to preach. Why don't you come with me? And she said, yes, I will. And we had then been invited by someone from Australia and they said, why don't you come to the Colour Hillsong Women's Conference um, after you've been in South Africa? So I said, Natalie, would you like to come with me? And she said, yes, mom, I will. So it was really wonderful that she came. But you know, family, when we came to South Africa and we were in Johannesburg and I was preparing for my preaching, do you know that Natalie never got um, to see any of her friends? She told me, Mom, I'm not going to see anybody. I'm on a mission. I have to find out the will of God for my life. And so again, all she did was pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. Then she listened to Apostle Theo's teaching because you've got to build yourself up on your most holy faith. You've got to put the Word in. When you're going through your storm, you've got to put the Word in so the Word can come in, out because if you don't put the Word in, the Word is not going to come out. And so she listened to Apostle Theo's messages on, on faith and then she prayed in the Holy, holy Ghost. She just spent time with the Lord. And then while we were in South Africa, um, she found out that the man that she, that she was married to at that time was seeing another woman woman while they were married. And so with that, she felt a release in her heart to let him go. Now, every marriage is different and God will lead every marriage the way God wants it to go. But in her case, God, she felt the release to let him go. And so she did. While we were in South Africa, our doctor suggested that she goes and sees a clinical psychologist. We didn't have a counseling counseling department at the time. And so she went to see this Jewish man who was a, a clinical psychologist. She went for two sessions and I'm glad that she did. And he said to her, Natalie, after two sessions, he got up and he shook her hand. He said, Natalie, he said, women usually take one year to recover after what you have gone through. And I cannot believe the emotional recovery and stability. I cannot believe your faith in God, your steadfastness. And he said, I can't believe your strength and your faith. And his advice was to her, never leave your church because that's a source of your strength. He didn't understand the source of your strength is God, but you need the church when you're going through a difficult time because that is your support group. You need to be in 
a, a home group because that is your support group. You need to never run from church when you're going through a difficult time. You're meant to run to church when you're going through a difficult time and stay to connected together because together we are better and together we will help each other. When the one falls, the other one can lift them up. And so she, he said, stay connected to your support group. Natalie and I left, we went to Australia, and now I want to interject at this time and tell you my story from my perspective. Obviously, as a mother, you can see what's going on with your children, but we couldn't put our finger on it. We knew for a long time something was wrong, but we couldn't actually exactly tell what it was. And my husband and I were very concerned about the situation, of course. But now I want to interject and tell you uh, uh, this part. So I want to encourage every man in the house tonight. And I want to thank all the men who are watching online and all the campuses. And I want to give a shout out to every man who is in church and on, a, on a, a behalf of Apostle Theo, Dr. Ellen, Dr. Janine and myself, we want to say that we honour all the men that come to church and we say thank you for being men of God who will take the lead and come to church. And we honour you because there is a fatherless generation out there with the children don't know what to do because the father is not taking the rightful place in the home. And so we honour the men who are in the house and we say thank you for being a godly man. We appreciate it so much. And so I, I went to my husband and I said, babe, um, I want to tell you that I remember a story I heard about Norval Hayes. And since you're the head of the home, I feel like I need to remind you about the story. So um, for how many of you have ever heard of the name Norval Hayes? But if you haven't heard about Norval Hayes, a very mighty man of God, signs, wonders and miracles followed his, his ministry. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. But years and years ago, when he was alive, he had a daughter and his daughter had 42 growths on her body. And she counted them every single day. And those growths sometimes would burst open and blood would gush out. And she hated the growths on her body. And they would just be so sore, they would look ugly. And she would wipe them every single day. And she counted 42 growths on her body. One day, Norval Hayes prayed and he said, Jesus, my daughter needs a miracle. And I know you are the healer. He said, I'm going to say, Jesus, you must come to my house and give me a miracle because my daughter needs healing. Now, you know, Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And look, family, he is a rewarder of those who diligently. Did you see? It's not casually. Big difference. We've got to diligently seek Him. See, when we go into God's presence, He rewards us with goodness and mercy. And so Norval said to Jesus, is, Jesus, I'm going to start seeking you diligently because I need instructions. I'm the, I need instructions because my daughter has to be healed of these, these, these things on her body. And Jesus, you are the miracle worker. He said he would pace the floor up and down. Jesus, you are the miracle worker. Jesus, you are the miracle worker. Jesus, I need you to give me instructions for you are the miracle worker. He was so desperate for answers. He was desperate for 
results. He cried to the Lord every day for hours. He made up his mind that as a father of the home, he was going to find Jesus, the miracle worker, and for his child, and he was not going to put up or take no for an answer. But you know, family, God is a good God and God loves you and He's kind and He's amazing and He wants to bring you every heavenly blessing. But we must diligently seek Him. So one night after service, Brother Norville was walking up his hallway when suddenly he walked into a white cloud. The presence of God was so strong all around him. He began to weep and weep and weep as he felt that his five senses were disappeared. He, he felt, he said he left his body and he, he went up, up and up. He had an out-of-body experience and he said that suddenly he was standing in a beautiful, clean world, a world of contentment and peace. And he knew that this place was heaven. And he was standing in heaven. He knew he was in heaven. Then a strong, deep male voice began to talk to him. And the first words of this, that this voice said to him was, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? In a calm, deep voice, Jesus said once again, how long are you going to put up with those growths on your daughter's body? We ask God sometimes, how long? How long? Why are you taking so long to answer me? How long? But in the meantime, God is saying to us, how long are we going to be willing to put up with things on the earth? How long, family, are we going to put up with things going in our homes and our lives, our businesses, our families, our marriages, our grandchildren and our children? Because listen to this. Because God will put up with it as long as we do. Norval replied, Lord, I don't know what you mean. How long will you put up with that? He said, Lord, just in case you, you don't know, I don't have the growth. They're not on my body. The growths are on my daughter's body. The next thing God said to him was in a much stronger Voice And men, this is exactly what the Lord said to him. Listen, men, he said, you are the head of your house. As quick as a flash of lightning, Norval understood immediately what God had said. He said it was like revelation knowledge. He just understood that he was responsible for everything that happened in his house. The men are responsible for everything that happened in their house because God has put the man as the head of the home. The woman is not the head of the home. The man is the head of the home. The man is under Jesus' authority. And that's why there's such an attack on men today. But God is a called man, appointed man. He believes in men. He wants men to take the authority that He's given them in their homes. And God has confidence, men, that you can do it and rise to the occasion. And it would be good to say, no devil, 
You will not harass my children. No, devil, you will not harass my wife. I take authority over the sickness, poverty, disease, lack, the strife and rebellion in my house. You gotta go now because I'm in authority in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, go. Well, it came to Norville in a second that he had to tell Satan to leave his daughter. So the Lord said to him, Norville, if you will curse the roots of those growths in your daughter's body, in my name, they will die just like the fig tree did when I cursed it. If you believe and not doubt, they will disappear. After Norville got that instruction, he began to descend from where he was in heaven and he came down, down, down and he was weeping under the presence of the Lord and his five senses returned to him and immediately he heard a voice saying, oh, don't go and pray for your, da your daughter now. You know, she's sitting with her boyfriend, Bobby, and he's not born again. Why don't you wait for tomorrow and pray for her rather tomorrow? Well, you know what? He realized that was the devil talking to him. So can you imagine his daughter is sitting in the lounge with her boyfriend who is not born again? And Norval went marching into that room like a soldier. Zona! Zona, Zona, yes, Daddy, yes, Daddy, Zona, yes, Daddy, I have come from heaven. Yes. What? I've come from heaven. Really, Daddy, you've come from heaven? And the boyfriend is looking at him, heaven? And she said, and he said, and Jesus told me, I've got to curse those growths on your body, so I'm coming right now, and I'm going to lay hands on those, on you, Zona, and I'm going to curse those growths, and in the name of Jesus, those growths are going to go. He laid hands on his daughter in front of his uh, boyfriend, didn't care what he thought, and he said, in the name of Jesus, I curse all these growths in Jesus' name. I curse the roots of these growths. I command, leave my daughter's body in Jesus' name, and I Come on, healing in Jesus' name for my daughters in the name of Jesus. Well, you won't believe. Just a couple of days later, family, all the growth fell off. All the growth fell off her body. And so I reminded Apostle Theo, I said, Apostle Theo, remember that story? So I said, you know, baby, Natalie is now living with us and you are the head of the home. So I want you, please, take an hour extra day out of your prayer time, add another hour on. And won't you please pray and intercede for Natalie uh, and this situation she finds herself. Well, he did, bless his heart. And 30 days after Apostle Theo prayed in the Holy Ghost, spent an extra hour for his daughter, everything came to the surface. And we found out that her ex-husband was seeing another woman while they were still married. And God began to swiftly heal Natalie's broken heart. But now I wanna tell you from Candace's perspective, our other daughter. Now remember, this was on Christmas Eve, right? Now we go to January the 17th. That's not such a long time after Christmas Eve to January the 17th. Now, 
Candace lived at a place called Aloma Heights in, that day, in those days, and it was her custom to come to church, and after church, she used to go and do her grocery shopping at Aloma Heights. It was on this particular Sunday, she was doing her grocery shopping. She was on the phone to a friend when she noticed a very, very good-looking man um, in the deli department. So she said to her friend, now she's very happily married. Candace is happily married. But she's a soul winner. And she just <laughs> happened to be a... So she's, she, said, she said to her friend, you know what? There's a very, very good looking man in the deli section. Do you want me to go and see if he's married? Because if he's not married and he's not engaged and he's not got a girlfriend, maybe I can get him and he can be your friend. So the girl on the other side, yes, Candace, go and find out if he's a good, if he's attached. There's my daughter. She puts the phone down. She's got her trolley and off she goes. And she starts stalking this man. She watches him as he goes up the deli section. Then she goes up the vegetable section and then she goes up the fruit section. She follows him down the meat section and he can tell, this girl is stalking me. And then the next minute they bump into each other. She bursts out laughing. She said, hello. She, she said, I am happily married. I'm not stalking you at all. But I want to ask you a question. Are you married? No. Um, do you have a girlfriend? No. Are you in a relationship? No. Okay, so wonderful. She said, would you like to be my friend on Facebook? This guy said, be your friend on Facebook. I don't know you. She said, yes, my name is Candace Barnes and here's my Facebook page. If you'd like to be my friend, that would be very nice. And then she said, and so then they became friends on Facebook. Then she said, I'm going to give you a church card and I want to invite you to church. Uh, we'd like you to come to church. My husband, I would love you to come to church. And so she gave him a church card. Do you have church cards to give our family? Yes. Do you give out your church cards? Are you soul winners? Are you going to go grocery shopping and see good looking people? <laughs> and so she gave him the church card. Okay, so then on February the 27th, Lance, this gentleman, wakes up one morning. It's a Sunday morning. He has an overwhelming desire to go to church. He phones Candace and he says, Candace, do you remember me? Oh, yes. <laughs> Would you, I'd like to come to church with you and Travis. And then Candace said, oh, and then we'll take you out for lunch. Okay, fine. So then they, he came to church. Now, Natalie and I were not there. He came to church. He went out to lunch with Candace and Travis and they became firm friends. One day, while he was reading Candace's Facebook page, he read that a, uh, that Natalie had, Candace had read, written a letter to her sister on Facebook and he could read the compassion in, in there. And he, he phoned Candace, he says, Candace, what is going on with your sister? So he, uh, Candace said, well, my sister's going through a divorce right now. And he said, you know what, Candace, I have been through a divorce. I understand the uh, trauma and the emotional hurt that you go through. And, and he, she, he said, do you think that it would be appropriate for me? Can I send her an encouraging email? And so she said, go ahead, send my sister an encouraging email. And then when we came back from 
Australia, Lance reached out to Natalie and said, Natalie, may I take you for a cup of coffee? And so she said, sure. Now she said, but this is her first date or not even a date, a coffee thing. And she said, Lance, you must understand I'm a package deal. I don't come on my own. I come with my family. I come with my church family. I'm very close to my family and we are a package deal. I'm not leaving my church family. We are one big family. Well, he is a Lutheran. Do you know what a Lutheran is? Well, I don't know, but I know they don't know much. (laughs) I mean, they're the sweetest people, but I don't think they taught the Word. I'm just saying, and if you can enlighten me, please help me. But that's what I think, from knowing, from speaking to a few. So they lovely people, but the word level is, we are blessed to know the word in a different way. So the nevertheless, that was the first coffee date. But now he said, oh, Natalie, I would like to take you for a second coffee. Now my daughter says, okay, listen, if you want to um, come to have coffee, you, now you've got to come to my house. I want you to meet my mom and my dad. And then I want to make sure that you, he's a Lutheran. I want to make sure that you're born again. Second date. And then I want to tell you about the, everything about being filled with the Holy Ghost because I need you to be filled with the Holy Ghost if you want to go out with me. And so I want you to understand spiritual things. So she said, he said, okay. So I said, Apostle Thea, babe, don't worry about it. I've got my Christian growth manual. I've got the, I've got the manual. I've got the place where it tells you how to exactly to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So I've got this. So when he comes, I will be doing the talking and then I will be leading him. And my husband said, Beverly, listen here. I'm the head of the home and I already wrote the manual. I don't even need the manual. <laughs> He said, you just watch. I've got to sit down and be quiet. I said, okay, I'm going to watch. So then this gentleman comes. It's our first time of meeting him. And now not only he's got to meet me and he's got to meet Apostle Theo, he's got to have a whole Bible study on, on, on being born again and how to be filled with the Holy Ghost and the benefits of it. And then you know what? He, Apostle Theo, hop past nine at night in the kitchen table we prayed for him. The presence of God came in that kitchen. He wept for an hour. Lance wept for an hour. He got gloriously filled the Holy Spirit. He spoke with other tongues and gushings. And he had such a longing for God. So we had such a wonderful time in the presence of God. Then Natalie was officially divorced on Apostle Theo's birthday, which is the 13th of April. On the 13th of April, Lance asked her to be his girlfriend. I remember, remember it was a day before Christmas. It's January, February, March, April. Four months later, after a traumatic divorce, heartbreak, now God is unscrambling an egg because she prayed in the Holy Ghost. Now I want to tell you from Lance's point of view, years ago, You're going to just, some of you might weep. I don't cry easy. So um, I'll try and put put a tear out. But but inside I'm crying. So um, years ago, (laughs) you 
know, sometimes when I watch a movie with my husband, you know, he's so tender-hearted, tender-hearted. So he sits there and he's crying. I said, babe, here's a tissue. You know, it should be the other way around. The man gives the wife a tissue, but not in my house. Baby, do you need a tissue? Here we are, baby. Get to... <laughs> I'll tell you this thing. Please forgive me. Will you forgive me ahead of time? I'll tell you this. I don't know if you'll be happy. I'll tell you this. Don't tell other people. Please don't tell other people. <laughs> so, you know, my, my husband's father died and we loved him. And, but we were in America. So they said, just do a Zoom, a Zoom funeral because you don't all have to come out. We spent a lot of time with him. We loved him, whatever. And <laughs> we did, we did. Very good, um, very, very kind. And so um, my husband looked after him financially, still looks after the widow. So he, my husband's just amazing. Anyway, so then we're sitting, <laughs> we're sitting in the room and we're watching the Zoom and then my husband starts having a tear. And so I said to him, honey, why are you crying? So he said, well, it happens to be my father's funeral. I said, I'm so sorry. But okay, but you know, I, okay, but you know, if you know my upbringing, it's very British, and uh, you've got a stiff upper lip, and then at my, my, when my brother died, my mother told us, no crying at the funeral. So we were just always had to suck it up and, and be strong. Um, so that's how I was. And I, I'm so compassionate now. You can't really see it, but it is inside. <laughs> it is there. It is there. And so then, okay, from Lance's point of view, now we mustn't get sidetracked. You, so you make me sidetracked, family. So from Lance's point of view, this is where I'm crying inside. So years earlier, he had a dream that he would meet a girl with a foreign accent in a grocery store. And this girl would lead him to someone who would change his life forever. Isn't that amazing? That he bumped into Candace, the girl with a foreign accent, who changed his life in more ways than one forever. Lance is sold out to God. He's so on fire. He loves Apostle Theo. He loves me. He loves Natalie. He can't get enough of the Word. He studies the Word. He loves the church. And people say, how can that happen in such a short time? How can God deliver Natalie's heart out of heartache, pain, distress? Unscramble that egg and bring her the most amazing person. And I believe, family, this is the key. She pressed into God. She pressed into His presence. She diligently sought the Lord by praying in tongues for hours a day. And God showed up and gave her His mercy and His goodness and His love. Now, Natalie and Lance have been married for more than 12 years. They have three beautiful children, Ava, Ella, Judah, they also have three dogs, they have goats, they have a donkey, they have chicken and ducks. They have Old McDonald's Farm. 
And I'm going to tell you the story. My, 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 my daughter loves animals. She's got a donkey, okay? So now she wants to get him neutered because, you know, they've got a bad attitude, some donkeys. So she th- thought she'll ca- calm him down if she gets him snip snap. So she takes him, <laughs> takes him to the vet. So the vet says to her, okay, what is the first name of your, your, your donkey? She says the first name is Don. Okay, Don. And what's the last name? Key. His name <laughs> <laughs> the donkey's name is Don Key. That is his name. Anyway, that's my child. <clears throat> but the question I want to ask tonight is, what would have happened if Candace did not invite Lance to church? I wonder how many people we should have invited to church. Natalie's whole life would have taken a different direction. Ava, Ella, and Judah might not have been born. I wonder how different things would be in our world today if Christians would only share their faith with others. But what God did for Natalie, God wants to do for you also. Whatever you're facing, God can turn it all around for your good. Natalie and Lance's story reminds me of how wide and deep God's love is. Their story is a story of hope in a hopeless situation, of God's redeeming grace and love. It's like a love story that's written in heaven with a happy ending. And your story might have had a few bad chapters, but let me tell you, it's not how we start that matters. It's how we end up that matters. And your last chapters can be the most amazing chapters of your life story. But are we willing, are we willing to pay the price in praying in the Holy Ghost for our stories? God loves you, family. He wants the best for you. He wants to take your pain. He wants to take your confusion. He wants to take your anxiety, your loneliness. He wants to take that heartache. He wants to turn everything around for you if we are willing. One thing I know for sure, is that when you're going through a difficult time, the enemy will tell you that you don't matter to God. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you do matter to God. And He's loving and He's patient and He's kind and He wants you to cry to Him and ask Him to help you. And I'm reminded of the prodigal son who asked his father for his inheritance ahead of time. Now, in the Middle Eastern culture, This young man was saying in effect to his father, he was saying, I can't wait for you to die. I want my money now. So that request would have been very humiliating for the father. But the son severed his relationship with his father. He went and did his own thing. You know, if Apostle Theo was here, he would sing for you, you know, um, I I, I did it my way. I did it my way. I can't sing. But um He did his thing. He did it his way. He cashed in his chips. He went and lived in a foreign country. He made very bad choices. And so he lost his inheritance because of his bad choices. He committed all terrible kind of sins. And now he was, he found himself living with the pigs and eating the pig's food, trying to survive. The story tells us in an obvious Jewish manner 
that he went as far as he could from the family and as, um, from God as he possibly could. He was broke. He had no money. He realized his only hope of survival was get back to his father because he knew his father was a fair and wonderful man. So he thought perhaps if he could just go work for his father, at least he could have food and lodging. But the turning point of this story comes when the son appears at the edge of the village. But the father, in the meantime, he's been patiently waiting for his son. He's looking his son, the son that has disinherited him, the son that spent all his money, the son that's been committing all these sins, but he's looking for him patiently waiting. Where's my son? Is my son coming home? But at the edge of the village, he sees his son. What does he do? He picks up his, his cloak and he starts running to his son. He puts his arms around his son. He weeps on his son and he said, welcome home. He takes a, a ring. He puts it on his finger. He takes him back. He gives him a, a fresh clothes, a change of clothes. He makes a great, great feast because he loves his son. He never stopped loving his son. He never stopped loving his son. And our heavenly father family never stopped loving you. Never stopped loving me. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter how we've disappointed our father, he has not stopped loving you. He's looking for you. Where's my son? Where is my daughter? Are they coming home? Because I wanna give them a fresh clothes. I wanna give them food. I wanna give them shelter. I wanna take care of them. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we're going to find grace to help us. So when we're going through tough times, times of uncertainty, let's not run from God, but let's run to God. God loves you. He's not harsh. He's not cruel. He's not unloving. He's just the opposite. You will find mercy. You'll find grace, just like Natalie did, just like the prodigal son did. God loves you and He's waiting for you to come back to Him. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. And the question I want to ask, what obstacles are blocking your way? because He's gonna remove those obstacles. He's gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. Even if the mountain is in front of you, He can move that mountain. Even if it sounds impossible, He is a God of the impossible. He can do what no one else can do if we put our trust in Him. We should be confident in the Lord. God's gonna work for us. His love for us is limitless. There's no situation that we'll ever face where God will not give us strength and encouragement and hope to see us through. It's never too late. Jesus can turn everything around and make all things new. Our history does not define our destiny. And I love, and I'm ending with this, I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Yeah.